Welcome back. Thanks for joining us to episode three of He Said, She Said. I'm your host, Eric. And I'm Sierra. And today we're going to be talking about vaccines or in other words, immunizations. So we'll start off by talking about how we were kind of raised with vaccines. Yep. So uh, me and my two brothers, we were all vaccinated. We went to public school and so yearly or, you know, I think at that point when you get older, I think it's every so few years, but we would always go for our vaccine. So, yes, w- I am vaccinated. I was also in the army. Uh, so I was <laughs> like... Didn't have a choice there. Huh? Yeah. Extremely vaccinated. So. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, my upbringing, same thing. Me, both my brothers, completely vaccinated, uh, immunized, however you want to say it. I know some people refer to this as immunizations instead of vaccines. Mm -hmm. Uh, To me, it's kind of all the same thing. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So we'll just kind of say what our stands are on the vaccines, and then we can go into why. I think it'd be (laughs) kind of fun if we kind of left it open so people could guess, like, what one... Is, I don't think there'd be any, uh, you know, question as to who's at who. Oh, really? Why is that? Because of our stand. Yeah, uh, I know, but we haven't said it yet. Yeah, but I mean, after we say it. Obviously. So I do not support the vaccines, any of them. And I do. Um, you know, vaccinated all my life. So <laughs> why stop now? Uh, because you do a little bit more research and you don't just listen to what the CDC says and you do your own digging and you have to dig a little bit further than what they slap on their website and say, yeah, this is a great idea. (laughs) So I think I'm like a majority of adults. Um, You know, we just think that there's a weakened or dead virus in the vaccines. Uh. <laughs> we don't we don't really think there's anything else, right? Uh kind of just stick with the stigma that vaccines are recommended by the doctors, so we kind of just go along with it. We never really look at what else is in vaccines beyond the dead or weakened virus. Mhm. And that's part of the problem cuz why would you not trust your doctor, right? right? But then a lot of the pediatricians or family doctors, they don't even know what's in them. They just know that they were taught in medical school to administer the vaccines and don't ask questions why. And I think that's probably a big part of the problem uh, current day, right? Like you said, they don't even really know what's completely in a vaccine. Yeah. Well, and when we were talking about vaccinating Alaric, uh, you know, you didn't understand why I would even like question that. And I'm like, (laughs) hold on. Look what's in these things. Right. Well, why don't you elaborate? All right. So starting out, uh, your child over their 18 years is supposed to receive over 36 vaccines, shots, immunizations, whatever you want to call them, uh, with over 50 different vaccinations included. And some of those are multi-dose in one. Mm -hmm. So that's where that number comes from. And that is not even including 
the annual flu shot and the 12 COVID booster shots they're going to freaking require. Uh, And you can find that source material on the CDC website. It is called Recommended Child and Adolescent Immunization Schedule for Ages 18 and Younger. So so that information is straight off the CDC website. Yep. You just got to learn how to read the table. But yeah, currently in the U.S., your child will receive over 36 vaccines with over 50 different vaccinations included. So a lot of vaccines before you turn 18. Yep. What is in each one or what's a common ingredient in majority of them? So the shelf life, you got to think they put preservatives in there and obviously it is either a live or dead virus. So let me stop you right there because preservatives, right? I think majority of adults and everything, the only time we hear preservatives is about food. We don't think that preservatives go into our shots. Well, why would it not? I mean, how are they going to be on the shelf for years? That's Good point. Exactly. So if you follow the CDC schedule, which all pediatricians recommend, Mm -hmm. I remember when we took Alaric to his first, he was a preemie, okay? He weighed (laughs) seven pounds at his two-month visit. Yeah. And they still pushed all of the vaccines on us. They wanted him to get all of them. And I said, how about we stagger them? And she said no. Like, she didn't want to do that. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. She said, it's completely safe. You know, there's not going to be any issues, this and that. But they can't guarantee that. Mm -hmm. The vaccine companies cannot be sued because of the act that was passed later on that we'll talk about. But they cannot guarantee that you're child won't have a reaction okay? because there are, again, I'll talk about this uh, later as we go on, but there's certain foods and proteins in the vaccines that your child might be allergic to that you don't know until you get the vaccine and then you can't get it out of your system. So then why do doctors say, oh, you know, it's safe. There's not going to be any reaction or anything like that. Because there is a small amount of people that do react. And when they do report it, it doesn't always get reported properly. Mm -hmm. And about 1% of people actually even know what bars is. Honestly, I didn't until I had to report it. (laughs) And I think that's why. Because And the pediatricians, they'll just say, oh, well, that reaction normal. No, that's that shouldn't be a normal reaction. I mean, but if you follow the CDC schedule, which all pediatricians recommend, then your children are receiving over the safe limit of aluminum oxyhydroxide and aluminum phosphate, aluminum potassium, and sulfate for adults in almost every visit that they get a vaccine. So the safe minimum level set by the FDA is based on what an adult weighs. So when you're injecting your infant who weighs roughly about 6 to 20 pounds on average, why don't scientists stop and ask what that's doing to your brain and their bodies? That's a lot for a little baby to handle, especially a preemie that we had who had no issues other than, you know, his lungs, but he got, he graduated the NICU, but he (laughs) had no issues. And then we got him his vaccines. And guess what? Now he has freaking eczema. Find that a little ironic. Maybe a little bit, but uh, the information that you're getting right now, what is that from? Is that from the FDA, CDC still? 
So the pamphlet that I'm reading, uh, one of my friends emailed to me. She got it from someone I guess that she follows and their name is at the detoxed life. So she printed this article and she does have her source material. I'm not going to go into every source material that she has written at the bottom of her PDF that you can download. But if you want to go check it out, that is her name. You can find all of this information. Okay. So just for everyone's knowledge here, you know, this isn't a medical journal or anything that that we're going off of. However, the person that did create this uh, did source some medical journals. Yep. So she cited everything that she found. She cited everything at the bottom of each page that I'm reading from. Yep. But I'm just, I'm not going to cite it all because that would be too tedious. <laughs> so Eric, uh, why don't you explain why you blindly thought that Lark should get vaccines? Why I blindly thought? I mean, it's hard to say blindly, but personal experience. I mean, personally, you never got polio. (laughs) No, I've never had polio. It's probably because I had the vaccine. No. No, uh, you know, a lot of these viruses have been eradicated, but they're eradicated because people were vaccinated. Not true. Why is that not true? Because a virus is going to eradicate itself. Not 100% of the time, but your body builds up natural immunities. And that's how it fights viruses and any type of infection. Your body's going to build up its own immunity. Your body will heal itself. It is amazing what your body can do, honestly. But go on. Yeah. So, I mean, I I had all my vaccinations. Uh, My brothers had all their vaccinations. Uh, A lot of my friends with new children, they've all had all of their vaccinations. And I've never heard of any horror stories or anything like that. Because they're going to tell you, nope, that's not linked to any of the vaccines. But I'm saying personally, I've never, my friends, their kids, you know, no adverse reactions, nothing like that. And I think that's a majority of the population, right? You know, there are going to be some adverse reactions, side effects, and that's a very minute percentage. Okay. So roughly what year were your parents born? My parents? Mm-hmm. S- 1964. Okay. So in the year 1955 to 1964, that is when the polio was introduced to the vaccine schedule. So 1945 to 1954, they were only recommending three vaccines. And that was, oh, I'm sorry, two vaccines, the (laughs) DTaP and smallpox. Okay. Okay. Then from 1955 to 1964, they recommended... DTAP, smallpox, and polio. So before that, did your grandparents have polio? Probably not. Yeah, exactly. So if you were born in the 50s, you're pretty much only likely to get three vaccines, okay? And that was the vaccine standard by the CDC. Uh, The majority of the vaccines do not give complete and effective immunity. And if they offer protection, many of them need boosters. So even starting in 1945, 1954, you're still getting boosters. Right. And again, people are just blindly rolling up their sleeves. So another thing to notice is that we've went from three vaccines to over 36 in a matter of 70 years. So we went from three to, you said, over 36? Yep. I mean, that's 70 years. That does seem like a lot. 
Yes. So what are some of the additional vaccines that they added in that 70 year span? So starting, I'll start from 1965 to 1975, you added measles onto the DTAP smallpox polio. Then it was measles. From 75 to 84, they added the MMR. Okay. And then 1985 to 1994, our generation, they added HIV and Hep B. Okay. And then 1995 to 2004, this one gets crazy long, they added, gosh, I can't even, so DTAP, polio, MMR, HIV, Hep B, influenza, varicella, rotavirus, and pneumonia. So by 2004, there was nine different vaccines. Yep. And then 2005 to current, uh, we added three new ones, Hep A, HPV, and the meningitis. So 12 total? Yes. Okay. Plus all the boosters. So 12 vaccines, but you're getting it over 36 shots because of all the boosters? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, just, I mean, look at Alark. He got, what, four DTAP vaccines? Because we had him vaccinated until he was six months. And that was, that was our argument. So 12 vaccines. Mm Mm-hmm. And roughly... You know, just throwing it out there, three boosters for each vaccine, give or Mm -hmm. take. Yep. But so a lot of the problem is a lot of people don't know what VARS, VARS, however you want to say it. It's the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. Had you even heard of that? No. I had to report to it. Yeah, not until you had your COVID vaccine. (laughs) Yes. So real quick, I'm not going to say what COVID vaccine I had because I don't need big pharma and COVID (laughs) coming after me, but I had my vaccine, which I did not want. No. So me and my wife both have our vaccines, and I think the only reason we had gotten it was just so we knew that Alaric was safe. Mm -hmm. Which I was against anyways because i think it's total crap (laughs) i don't care i think it is okay and you know the survival rate we're not even going to go into that yeah covid is a we could do a whole episode on covid alone just go ahead and touch more on the vars and what that is yeah so like i said not very many people know what it is but VARS was established in 1990, and like I said, it's the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. So basically, it's a reporting system that anyone can report any adverse side effects, and it is managed, co-managed by the CDC and the (laughs) FDA. Find that to be suspicious. So when you report, they can say, thank you for your information, but they may not feel the need to disclose that because it could be a, quote, normal side effect. But it's important to understand is that approximately around 1% of vaccine injuries are actually reported, like I said, because not many people even know that you can do that. Right, right. And due to that fact, it is a legal obligation for a doctor to to report an injury, but unless you verbally say, I want to do something about that, the doctor doesn't have to. So So they don't have to report it? Nope. Especially if they, quote, coach you into thinking (laughs) that it's normal. So when you go home and they say, oh, here's a list of what to look for in Mm -hmm. your child, then most parents are like, oh, that's totally normal. He can have a rash. 
he can have a fever, runny nose, cranky, not sleeping. I mean, so we're and we're just trained to think, oh, that's just the body fighting the weakened virus that they injected. Yes, well, it could be an allergic reaction, like what I had. Right. But yeah. So anyone can report to this. Uh, including parents. You don't Mm -hmm. have to go straight to your doctor, but parents don't often know that you can actually do that and that it is something that you can report on your own. I did not know until I was asking my cousin, who's a nurse, Mm -hmm. she's an RN, about my reaction to the COVID vaccine. I said, and I, I talked to her first, telling her my hesitancies yeah. and my nervousness. And the first vaccine that I got, I feel like I was kind of okay. Like it wasn't horrible. I felt kind of meh for like <laughs> a day. And I was like, okay, that wasn't too bad. But then the second one, absolutely awful. Yeah. I mean, and that one kind of puts you out. I remember that. For like a month, for a straight month. Yeah. You felt like crap. You had a rash all over your body. My entire body. Yeah. And and that rash lasted longer than a month, but me feeling like I had the worst flu of my life for a month. It was absolutely terrible. And the rash was so bad. I was so embarrassed. I was going to be so mad if that was like permanent. But I was talking to my cousin and I said, this is what's happening. And she said, you need to report it to VARS. And I was like, oh my gosh, how do I do that? Did some research. Boom. Reported it. Guess what? I got an exemption card. Yeah. So, I mean, adults population, I'm going to say like 70% of the population has never heard of VARS. So we had some differences on our son getting immunizations. I was good with him getting every immunization there was and, you know, being fully vaccinated per se. Mm-hmm. And this started when I was pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. This this became a, a pretty big topic for us when when she became pregnant. Yep. Um, I'm not going to say we had like arguments over this, but I think this is probably one of the biggest things that we talked about in our relationship. Yeah. I mean, so like we talked about briefly our background, I mean, we were both vaccinated. Mm -hmm. We we were raised that way. I was not raised, quote, organic or clean or... I mean, neither was I. Right. But now, look at me. I'm (laughs) going through this holistic course i'm gonna you know be in holistic health homeopathic remedies naturopathy all of this stuff and diving into that and then also looking into the vaccines and yeah so i don't think i've seen my wife like deep dive into the research on vaccines and the ingredients and i don't think i've seen my wife do so much research before she deep dove into the vaccines the ingredients what's in them you know printed out everything i could tried to show him he wasn't (laughs) i got you know the printout with all the information on it which is hard to find by the way it is hard to find exact ingredients of vaccines because they'll say active ingredient or not non-active ingredient and it's like what is that and it's hard to find and the vaccine inserts are not easy to find and they're not always completely accurate <laughs> so you know like i said I, again i'm was fully for lark getting immunized uh sierra not so much um eh, i'm not gonna say it was like pulling teeth but we ended up coming to an agreement that he was gonna be immunized up to six months which wow 
We didn't really. When we agreed to get him vaccinated, we didn't say that at the beginning. No, we didn't. Um, You know, originally, like Sierra said in the beginning here, we wanted to try and stagger the vaccines because he was a preemie, not super comfortable giving him every vaccine that he was due for on his what, two-month checkup? Yeah. But the doctor did what the doctor does and, you know, assured us of this, assured us of that. So we moved forward with the vaccine schedule that they provided. But so one of the things that stuck out to me when we went to that appointment was I said my concerns of getting him the vaccines and she wanted to know why. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, first off, he's five pounds. Our son was five pounds when we brought him home from the NICU. And you're talking about giving my five pound son the amount of a 12 to 14 pound baby. That's how much they roughly weigh when they go for their first rounds of vaccines. And she said, no, that's perfectly fine. Okay. I understand that she sees patients like that daily, Mm -hmm. but again, it could be a reaction that they're deeming as normal. Yeah. And... It wasn't an easy decision. Um, Again, this is a lot of compromise, I feel like, between the both of us. Yeah. Sierra was hesitant to allow the vaccinations to proceed, but she did. And as we proceeded, we then decided that, you know, what was it, six months? Mm -hmm. That after he received his six months immunizations, that that was going to be it. Yep. So my, one of my main questions to... His pediatrician was, because her her question was, well, why are you hesitant? And I said, if you look at the vaccine schedule, a majority of their vaccines that they get multiple at each visit and then boosters is between their two-month and their nine-month, mm-hmm. really their six-month checkup because they skip. So they go from six months and then they don't come again until nine months for vaccines. But I said, if you look at the vaccine schedule and then you look at SIDS, I find that so ironic that the most cases of SIDS happen between two and six months. And I said that to her and she said, oh no, absolutely not related. And I'm like, how do you know that? Because there's nothing, no research that can even pinpoint what quote causes SIDS. So how are you going to sit there and tell me it's not vaccines, but the majority of their vaccines are from two to six and nine months and SIDS happens between two and six months. Yeah. So, and it was, I'm not going to say it was easy for me to decide to stop doing vaccines, but the more data that Sierra provided to me made it, made me more comfortable with stopping the vaccine schedule. And, I mean, we we did get him a good majority of the vaccines. Again, we compromised and yeah. kind of met in the middle. And we did finally decide after me pushing <laughs> and pushing and pushing that we're going to homeschool. So I know everyone thinks I'm a crunchy mom. I can already see the comments coming. <laughs> but again, if we're going to homeschool, he doesn't need the vaccines to get an education, which again, I think is ridiculous. That yeah. you, that just goes to show they do not care about your health. It is just big pharma and money and control. <laughs> so obviously that's my <laughs> wife's opinion on it. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's Vaccines is a super touchy subject, I feel like. Yeah. 
it's hard. It's hard to, you know, come to anyone. And and I have had really good friends that I just don't bring it up to because their stance is so different than mine. And I just, I don't want to cause that tension and... Right. So we're we're stopping Alaric's vaccines now, but when he's older and is mature enough to make decisions for himself, if he really wanted to get them, he could choose to go get those vaccines. Yeah. Once he's, you know, 18. <laughs> I'm not taking him. Okay. You're not taking him either. <laughs> but so back to what you said a while ago that you think vaccines eradicate the virus. Yeah. So most of the baby boomers uh, <laughs> lived through the, quote, polio scare of the 50s and 60s. And the media, as today, has a big hand in scaring people about any virus, uh, polio being one of them back in the 50s and 60s. Yeah, so let's just focus on this polio here. Okay. Um, so let's look at the facts behind wild-caught polio, literally the term, wild-caught polio. Like wild-caught fish. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so 95% of wild-caught polio virus was asymptomatic. So 95% of people... Uh, would never know they even had polio. Hmm. So, and that, it's a virus, so it can leave your system. Right. It's not like it's going to stay forever. You know, you're not permanently, all the time, you're not permanently damaged. Right, but it can cause permanent damage, right? So can a vaccine. (laughs) But, okay, polio. I'm pretty sure is a disease that kind of cripples your nervous system. Uh, you know, you you think of people that end up in the iron lung, right? If you don't know what the iron lung is, it's a machine, that old machine, uh, you had to lay flat in and it essentially breathed for you. Okay, well, did you know that only 1% of all polio cases result in paralysis? Okay, so uh, what is all polio cases? That's the one that are not asymptomatic. So the ones that actually know you have freaking polio, that's where that number right. comes is, from. Is there a number? No, not that I have right here. But you could be asymptomatic with polio and you're not going to report it because you don't know. But I could have polio and I could be that 1% that ended up paralyzed. But they're pulling that number like, oh, they have polio, they have polio, they have polio. But one out of three was paralyzed. So that's where they're getting that number. But all those asymptomatic people, they don't go into the fact of that number. So it could be even less. Do you know how polio is spread? The number one way that polio spreads? Uh, no. Fecal oral route. So that sounds pretty gross. Yeah. But you know what I found is also weird? That's the oral injection that they give the babies Uh is polio. So you're telling me that they're giving you the vaccine the exact way that it's mostly contracted? Yeah, but I think that makes sense. How? You don't get a freaking shot in your arm when you get DTaP. Well, you do, but that's not how you contract the DTaP. Yeah, it is. The DTaP, yes. Okay. You get your injection. Tetanus, right? right? Tetanus is you step on a rusty nail. Boom. You can contract tetanus. Yes. But hepatitis, meningitis. How how do you get meningitis? Do you know how that's spread? No. uh, Sharing a drink. I was going to say, I assume bodily fluids. Yep. So why are you getting a vaccine? Why are you getting stuck with a needle? It's not a needle. It's a needle. No, it's a needle. 
I don't know. I mean, whatever they think is the most efficient route for the body to accept it. Mm-hmm. Big pharma. Moneymaker. So, so you want to go back on a, the, the vaccine, the virus. Yep. And how the virus, you said, eradicates itself. Yeah. So, again, look up the source material that I gave in the beginning. I'm not going to quote line for line, and I'm not going to give every source material and cite it. I'm not right. doing that. So, a virus typically eradicates itself between two and five years. Ironically, that's when vaccines start rolling out for said virus, and big pharma. CDC, FDA, they're like, oh, look, it's the vaccines. Just like COVID, we're what, two years into COVID and we are seeing a decline of COVID cases. Oh, but it's from the vaccine. No, it's the natural immunities building up. The virus is eradicating itself. Could it be the vaccines? Potentially. Do I think it is? No. See, so I mean, if what you're saying is true, then vaccines are a sham. But they are. The majority population, they're going to see, okay, you get the vaccines, the virus dies off. Because they, because the majority of the population does not do their own research, they do not think for themselves. Sorry, I might sound like some other very popular male podcasts, is, but you have to think for yourself. Not everything that they slap in front of you on the media and on social media is is not 100% true. And if that's what you think, then you're the person that drives with a freaking mask sitting alone in your car. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a little bit ridiculous, but <laughs> I am more so on the, I, I believe that the vaccines help eradicate a virus. Historically, present day, you whatever the situation. Historically, because I literally just said, a virus will eradicate itself within two to five years. But so historically, if you look up when the polio outbreak was and the polio vaccine came out. Two to five years. So that's your view. Eradicating itself. Or the or vaccine Big could Pharma have wanted to make more money. <laughs> so obviously you can see that we, we both have very different opinions on mm -hmm. this. Um, <laughs> I don't know if mine is ever going to change. Uh, I know my wife is, feels very strongly uh, about vaccines and big pharma, but even beyond this huge difference, we still find a way to come to compromise, agreements, this and that. We do. Um, I was very nervous every single visit <laughs> going to get Alorix vaccines and just... Again, back to our previous podcast, I prayed so hard every time. And I'm not, I lost sleep pretty for at least two nights following mm -hmm. his vaccines. And I watched him like a hawk. Any slight chance. And honestly, I know this sounds crazy, but I made a full mental note of how he was before we went in. His temperament. Hit the way his eyes looked, his skin, everything, his temperature. I didn't because they didn't take his temperature when we go for his checkups, which I thought was weird. They they only took it the very first time that we took him. Yeah, but then after they that they taken never it did. Since. <laughs> it's just weird. Yeah, but so I took his temperature. I monitored everything, and I if he had because like I said, he does have eczema now because of the vaccine. 
Uh, <laughs> but I would find every little spot, make a mental note, and I would watch it and see how he was doing. And that's the right thing to do. Um, you want to make sure that rashes don't expand and that nothing gets worse, bigger, um, anything like that. Yeah, but, you know, we finally did decide. I think I finally, just my paranoia and <laughs> my facts that I'm bringing to you and telling you what's in the vaccines, all the aluminum, all the preservatives, the proteins, you know, that's that's a lot for a little body to handle. It, it is, you know, being provided those facts that I did not look up myself. Um, yeah, uh, aluminum. Mm-hmm. that's not something that you really want to put into your body. Yeah. It, I mean, it's cancer causing. That's it's, it's on your deodorant, you know, yeah. it says aluminum free because we've now done research showing that it's cancer causing. But then why are you still putting it in vaccines that you're injecting into your baby or yourself every time they go to the doctor? Again, we could go on and on about this vaccine topic. <laughs> but so... You know how I said earlier that I would bring it back to how the FDA is involved with the vaccines and the CDC and how someone could have an allergy to food Mm -hmm. and you might need an EpiPen. Well, you don't know if you're allergic to that food until you try it. Right. But did you know that many vaccines contain food allergen proteins? Like I said, aluminum proteins and guess what they're not listed on the vaccine inserts so you don't know what proteins are in there you don't know what food additives are in those vaccines because they're not listed but were you able to find those in like the specific ingredients no because it's different for every vaccine so when you get your vaccine cards they give you the lot number and it is that specific number so mm-hmm. they give it for every vaccine. So Alaric has every single vaccine that he had. Right. They wrote it down. Same thing with COVID. That is the only way that you would know what is in your vial. You would have to find. So you're saying it differs from batch to batch, not just vaccine to vaccine. Correct. Each batch could be slightly different. Slightly different, but slightly different, but that could be that could be a big thing to people. If you have a certain allergy, you're going to react if it's slightly different from the last one. You could react to it, just like what happened to me. My first COVID vaccine could have been, you know, the placebo or whatever they were administering, <laughs> and then my second one could have had something that I had the worst reaction to. Yeah. And I you wouldn't know unless you look up and I'm sure that's impossible to find what is in it is exactly in that file. But yeah, so like I said, I'm not going to qu- quote and tell you every site that she has. Um, but if you do want to go look for yourself, you can go to vaccine.guide and it is a website made by Ashley Everett. And she has organized and compiled hundreds of medical journals and studies for vaccines. It is a free website. Like I said, that is vaccine.guide. There is also children Children's Health Defense, and that one is childrenshealthdefense.org. And then the last one is a documentary uh, that I watched. <laughs> it's uh, Vaxxed. It's called Vaxxed, V-A-X-X-E-D. And that one is vaxxedthemovie.com. 
Hmm. So a lot of uh, information, a lot of different places you can go to check out some of the stuff that we talked about today. But just wrapping up here, um, we obviously have very different opinions, different views on vaccines. Yep. We could probably go on and on <laughs> for another good hour or two yep. here. Yep. But Especially me. It's one of my... <laughs> When I told him we were doing this topic this week, he's like, oh, boy, oh, I know, I know I'm going to be the one mostly talking in this podcast, but. Yeah, I mean, this is something I'm not going to say you're passionate about, but you did your research because you're just that worried about our son. Yeah, and and us, both of us. Right. You know, and I'm not going to down you for that at all because that's you protecting our son. Yep. And yeah. you're a science guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, you know conspiracy <laughs> realist we don't call ourselves conspiracy theorists anymore. Uh, i still call them a conspiracy uh, theorist but i'm more of the into the conspiracies i don't listen to the mainstream media i question everything and mm -hmm. you're more science-based and so when i start hitting you with these facts because that's what i had to do I had to deep dive and do a lot of research to get you to understand. I couldn't just say my, quote, theories. Yeah, if she would have brought that to me and just said, oh, yeah, I mean, I saw this, you know, uh, there's other people that think this. Yeah. I probably would have wiped it off and said, okay, well, he needs his vaccines. Yep. Like, he, no question, he needs them. But like I said, she deep dove, she did her research and brought me some good facts. Which led to us coming to compromise. Yep. And so. then with me s starting my holistic lifestyle journey, uh, <laughs> that kind of started you know, a couple of years ago, but mm -hmm. really enhanced and went on like the fast track when I got pregnant, especially now that I'm in school for it. But yeah, and you're in school for your certified natural health professional degree, right? Yes. Yeah, so it's a certified natural health professional and then once i'm done with that i'm starting the next course yeah there's what two or three there's at least three that mm -hmm. i'm gonna take they're all about a year long and once i'm done i will be a certified holistic health practitioner and that's like the the minimum i guess of what i want to do there's okay. multiple things but diving into all that and seeing the more natural side and all of that research, it made it easier for me to bring facts to you. Yeah. yeah I'm sure if I would have deep dove myself, I, I would have found a few things. Probably would have made it a little bit easier on you. Yeah. And when I sit there and tell you, I'm like, hey, look into this, look into this. And you're like, nah, nah. So finally, I was like, fine, I'm going to start printing it for you. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, that that's that. Like, it, even though we have that that major difference, um, it's probably key that we came to compromise. But now, so like I said, with me being in these courses, seeing different case studies that I get to look into, and, you know, you can never be, as of right now, we can never be certain as to what causes SIDS. But looking into that, I just feel like that's a little bit too ironic that that's, you know, the same timeline. Same thing with eczema. Mm-hmm. So looking into one of the holistic practitioners that's here in Houston, they do a, a series of like a quote vaccine detox and it's supposed to help with eczema. If you look into eczema, a lot of it is, you know, gut health related, honestly, which a lot of people wouldn't think of. No, not at all. Yep. Your gut actually has 
a lot to do with your health. Um, so with our son developing eczema, I, again, brought that to your attention. I said, look, this could be a reaction to the vaccine. It was around that timeline. He is still dealing with eczema. And with my holistic classes that I have discussion boards every week, we talk about eczema. We talk about the vaccines. <laughs> We're all in correlation thinking it is a pretty good possibility it's caused from the vaccines. Can that be medically proven? No. <laughs> I am not saying that, but is it something that is potentially correlated? I definitely think so. Yeah, and, and I mean, like I said, now you're bringing all this to my attention. I'm I'm okay with him trying a vaccine detox and yep. see if it helps with his eczema. So Which we're going to start when he's one. Yeah, so that'll be really interesting to see if, if it does provide some clarity for him. That would be amazing. Yeah. And I think, too, using my reaction to that COVID vaccine, I think that helped yeah. push that and my, my thoughts along. Uh -huh. Like so. Yeah, so that uh, just about wraps it up. Make sure you go follow us on Facebook, ACS Entertainment, Instagram, ACS Entertainment LLC. All right. And yeah, just like and follow. Drop some comments if you'd like. Uh, sorry I talked mostly this podcast. We knew that would happen. Hopefully next week we can think of something that Eric is a little more passionate about and <laughs> we can. Or maybe you guys can give us a topic. Yeah. We love a topic suggestion. So let us know and we'll see you guys next week. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on He Said, She Said. Bye.